Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Rise and shine, rise and shine. Hey, hey, hearty, wake up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to begin boarding. If we could ask for your cooperation, would you all please remain seated? Well, how'd you sleep last night? I don't believe that's any of your business. <laughs> if you go to a Bancy Fall and you want to have a Prince and Hansel all in fub with you, don't forget to slop your dripper. Mr. <laughs> Nightlinger, what's for breakfast? Dude, apples, bacon, and biscuits. Well, forget the apples. Slap some bacon on a biscuit. Let's go. You're on the high ground with Craig Flowers. T.Y. Henderson, you are on fire with that Lakers playoff series. Regards. Good morning, my friend, from the banks of the Red River. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, great. Allons-y! Good morning, Texas. Hey, good morning, Texans. And everybody getting here with your U-Haul trailers as fast as you possibly can. But remember what you left and don't mess with Texas. Yes, indeed, there are a lot of states that are great. But as Jamie and I both know, there's only one great state. Learn it. Know it. Live it. Live, local, and digital. From the banks of 360, this is the high ground, AM 1260, 104.9, 101.9, streaming live on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Good morning. My name is Craig Flowers, and seated just across the table there is a man who served both in the Army and the Navy, the UC Davis cornerback, the pride of East Austin, with 10 combat deployments as a very special operations helicopter pilot. Well, everybody's talking about him over there. The one, the only, Jamie. Frazier. Everybody's talking about Jamie Frazier. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. Looking a little wet out at the PGA golf tournament there, the championship. Uh, They're squeegeeing off the greens. It's very interesting. This was a very poor choice. Uh, They could have easily gotten snow. Up there in Rochester. Oh, Rochester, as Jack Benny used to say. I played on that course nine months ago, Jamie Frazier, and um, the rough is only going to get rougher. Sunday's round, tomorrow's round, is not going to look anything like the first two rounds. Tomorrow's supposed to be much better weather, but the rough is going to be an an inch and a half longer than it was just 24 hours ago. Plus, it's going to be wet. I wouldn't be surprised, and I think Scotty's going to win this thing. I mean, he's just playing in a, in a zone right now. He's in a treehouse just down the middle and getting out of some – he had a ball – he had a wood out of the rough yesterday. I, it was – I just marveled at it. But this thing could slip up where, where someone that wins it is dead even par. 
on Sunday. And yeah, they may I, be even playing it on Monday. I like the dedicated fans and shorts out there. They're uh, they're dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be that dedicated. Wrap up a try no it's uh i like to see you know some of the live guys come back for the pga championship like uh but uh yeah uh you're busy you got a wedding coming up in a week sir what is going on with that coach, coach it's wedding week uh wow. i listened to the big ugly tailgate ty henderson knows both our middle daughter annie and her fiance soon to be our son-in-law, Andrew, they were, uh, you were teammates, weren't you, Todd, with my future son-in-law? Yeah, I played with Andrew. Uh, he was a year older than me in, in school. And so was Andrew. passes from uh, Sam Heavy G. Ellinger. And, um, yeah, they everybody starts to fly in from all across the place. In fact, uh, ah, Jamie, it's, it's his, yeah, it's wedding week. So... Uh, I saw the schedule. There's a whole schedule attached to this thing, and uh, there are going to be a lot of 20 to 28-year-olds in our house uh, starting very soon. So I just got back, as you mentioned on Big Early Tech. I was all over the – I was a soup sandwich. I was down in Baton Rouge and Houston and Abilene uh, right on the – you know, right after the Kentucky Derby. I know there are a lot of questions about the Derby. I, I listened to you all earlier that um, – it was a fascinating trip. I don't think I've been on the air since, unless it was a call-in since the Derby, but I can give you an update on confidence game. Last night, last night, uh, Luke Christensen, a band, country singer, you can look up Luke Christensen, he's a really good singer, he's got a great band. But anyway, he was uh, performing at the Hillcrest Country Club, and of course he was wearing Chiso's boots, which seemed like everybody was wearing Chiso's boots at the Kentucky Derby, at least in our group. And there's Luke Christensen wearing Chiso's boots. And so uh, the boots are starting to go all over the place. Uh, in the, I know they're international. Speaking of international, we've got a lieutenant in the Army that's listening to us right now in Vilsack, Germany. Das ist gut, Have you ever been to Vilsack, Jamie? No, no. Been uh, mostly to uh, Ramstein. Yeah, been to Ramstein. Lieutenant Donahue listening. Seven hours ahead for those of you keeping score at home, and you should be uh, Vilsek. Anyway, uh, Chiso's boots, and Miss Beth was wearing Chiso's, and she has a size seven, which is, I guess, a very common size uh, for women. And so there were, I don't know, three or four or five women trying on Miss Beth's boots at this uh Luke Christensen concert last time. Miss Beth was at sock, sock feet quite a bit of the time. But anyway, that gets us to, well, as uh, Jamie, you say it, um, just tell them how comfortable Chisos are. They're as comfortable as your own leather slippers. That's right. <laughs> they, they are. That gets us to the Chisos Boots Morning Story. The Morning Story. The Kentucky Derby. We surrounded... Uh, ourselves with friends, family, and believe it or not, well, some of the folks that you've met on the radio here on the high ground, Todd Adams, the founder of Sea Home Watches, who just five years ago drove to Fort Worth, Texas and sat down and met with Kirk Godby, the founder, co-founder of Don't Tell My Wife Stables. And that was a meeting that Todd Adams would describe. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. 
Don't Tell My Wife Stables was saying, hey, we want Seahome watches to be part of the Don't Tell My Wife Stables brand. And yes, we're going to have a lot of fun, but we also have intentions one day to win the Kentucky Derby. Chisos Boots, celebrating another anniversary by the chief Texan, Will Roman, another company we featured here on the high ground. They were on the plane with us. I warm my heart to walk up and down the aisles of that 737 with three or four boxes of Rev Gum, another local company right there in Austin, passing out Rev Gum on the plane on the ride to Churchill Downs. Well, we gathered in our seating area, and there was a moment, there was a moment at race five when we arrived. We got down to the rail, that deep breath like, okay, we've made it, finally. Tickets, security, all of that. We got to our seats. I took a deep breath and looked back, and coming down the aisle, we're friends. Woody Englander, a golfer from the University of Texas and dear friend of the horn and the high ground. There was the chief Texan. There was the head of Seahome, Coach Alan Waters from Air It Out. My best friend from high school who lives up in Rochester. Flew Apaches and Desert Storms. Oh, the list, they just kept coming. Friends, friends that my wife's known forever, coming down the aisle. It was a brief moment. It kind of stunned me. It made me smile. I got chills. Friends and family all gathered around an incredible event for a horse, a horse that had trained so hard to get there. Isn't that about life when you can have moments like that? The only one that was missing was Jamie Frazier, who could not get there, had another commitment. It would have been so great if you were there, Jamie. But you know what? We're going to have another chance to win the Kentucky Derby one day. And it may be aboard a horse named Air It Out, an 18-month-old who is about to start training. And that is the Chisos Boots morning story. Jamie, what say you? No, I got to talk to the Chief Texan. He had a great time. He was uh, he did wear the, the correct Texas outfit with a bolo tie and uh, a uh, pearl snap shirt, I think. That's what it was. But uh, yeah, yeah. He, he looked great. He looked great. You, did you see some of the photos? Do you share some of those with you? Yeah. It was so cool. Um, Johnny did, Johnny know. brought up a question. I don't know if you'll have the answer, but you know what was the what was the deal with all the horses that passed away right before the race? Right. If you listen to Johnny comment on it, though, um, once you get past the chaparrales and TCU, if you listen to Johnny talk about it. It is. It, it it would be like um, you know more than half the field of the Kentucky Derby uh, passed away the day the day of the race. That's not what happened. Um, there was one horse that had qualified for the Kentucky Derby, yeah, either a day or two. It may have been two after a workout. Um, was euthanized. He broke his leg. Uh, it was kind of a freak. Uh, accident uh, after a great workout, and I forget that horse's name. But there were three out of the four horses that passed came out of one stable. And I don't know enough of the facts to talk about it, but I know that the trainer was uh, removed from office, and they're doing autopsies and a number of other things. Those were horses that were not going to run in the race number 12, the Kentucky Derby, but were there at Churchill Downs to race on Derby Day and other races. And I don't know what the total number was, but it, I think it goes back to the philosophy of our stable, which is, you know, fun. Don't tell my wife stables, of course. 
that's a fun title, but it's very serious when it comes to the care of the horses that are in our stable. And not to say we would ever make a mistake, uh, but I tell you, we always default to the to the horse's health. For example, confidence game's not running in the Preakness uh, today. And we just got to get, he's a young three-year-old and we're going to get him healthy because he's got a chance to win some grade one stakes down the road. Most folks that follow horse racing follow the Derby, the Preakness and the Belmont. And they're not even sure where the Preakness and the Belmont are, but that's because that's the triple crown. But there are plenty of other grade one stakes races that are available to three and four-year-olds. So our approach is going to be we default to the horse, the trainer, the medical care, and hopefully that'll never happen. And don't tell my wife's tables uh, because it's just an awful thing if it does. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it's just interesting it's that they all pass right right before the derby. But uh, So how interested are you in uh, today's uh, baseball game, West Virginia and the University of Texas? Well, I'm very interested. It's uh, Texas has just caught fire which is perfectly timed. Uh, coach Macy, who's the head coach of West by God, Virginia, his former assistant under Jim Schlossnagel at TCU, um, coached alongside uh, Kirk Sarlos, now the head coach at TCU. So Macy is really developed as a, as a great head coach. It's really stunning. I mean, having the challenges that he has in West Virginia particularly with weather, which are very similar to that of Rochester. I mean, not as severe, but close. They can still get in West by God 15 to 18 inches of snow on April 15th. So they're indoor, indoors a lot. And then spring break, they run down the floor to get in some reps. But Texas is on fire right now. I tell you, um, T.Y., I know you're a Longhorn fan, but just from an objective you know, gambler, that's probably the team, the favorite right now. That's probably the Scotty Scheffler right now going into the Big 12 tournament in Arlington is Texas. I mean, obviously today they win. Um, they, they've got the Big 12, you know, regular season schedule title. But, um, Jamie, your point, I, I think they're playing great. Of course, you know, I'm no, a big I, fan. I agree. They're, they're definitely the hottest team in the Big 12 right now. Yeah, and I don't know what's going on in Big 12. Either they're really good or very average. Seems like you can't swing a you know, a, a meal ready to eat without hitting a 500 ball club in the Big 12. Uh, they got a big birthday gift there from uh, Oklahoma last night. Woo, Jamie, did they ever. Yeah. The fighting Skip Johnsons go out and thump it to the pokes. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that was a tip of, tip of the cap across the Red River. We'll be back from the banks of 360. Jamie and I have a great guest calling in at this next uh, segment. He, he just got through speaking at the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. T.Y. Craig Way, Jeff Howe, light the tower on the horn. Y'all go brown gravy, cream gravy, or like the Thanksgiving gravy? Yes. To all of the above. <laughs> so you're a gravy connoisseur? I'm a gravy whore. I just, you know, it's got to have gravy. Come again? I just like gravy. Gravy's a gravy good. whore. If Came it's in. gravy, if I'm on it. Let me eat it on a hockey puck. Let me let me pour it on uh, on an old shoe. As on, long on, as it's on, got on gravy old, on, on it. Milk cream pie. I'm, uh, I'm on it. Weekdays 10 to noon on the whore. If the price you see is the price you want to pay, come see Hannah Chevrolet. 
I went to sign the papers for a new Tahoe and saw the price jumped almost $4,000. I thought it was a typo, but turns out it's for overpriced add-ons like tent and floor mats. So I called Hannah, got a price, brought a check, and left with the Tahoe. For a lower price made clear, find new roads at HennaChevyAustin.com. PPD Austin is looking for healthy adults to participate in research studies. It's simple. Volunteers are paid for their time and can work online or attend classes during their stay. Average study pays around $450 per night. If you're a healthy adult and interested, contact PPD Austin today to find out how you might qualify. What will you do with the compensation you earn at PPD? Learn more at meandppd.com. Meandppd.com. Factory Mattress wants you to relax and let them pay the sales tax during their Memorial Day sales event. Hurry in for buy one, get one free on select mattresses and give your guests a great night's sleep too. As a Tempur-Pedic Elite Retailer, Factory Mattress can save you up to $500 on select Tempur-Pedic adjustable mattress sets, plus a $300 gift with purchase. You'll even get a free adjustable base upgrade with select purchases. My Factory Mattress. Factory Mattress offers a guaranteed lowest price and 0% for 60 months on all the top brands. And during the Memorial Day sales event, you'll get free next day white glove delivery. Buy one, get one free mattresses. Up to $500 Tempur-Pedic savings on select adjustable mattress sets or a free adjustable base upgrade. And for a limited time, you'll pay zero sales tax at Factory Mattress for the love of sleep. My Factory Mattress. Views expressed on this program do not reflect those of the horn or any other sane human being. I love the nightlife, I love my bud We are pretty good at drinking beer on the high ground when it's the right thing to do. And of course, oh, I don't know, about six years ago, Jamie and I had a pecan porter and decided to join arms for the high ground together and uh, i've got the field here for the preakness for those of you keeping score at home and you should be uh, one horse has scratched already so only seven horses in the 701 eastern time post time we only work in central i don't even know why i said that should be 6 p.m central anyway the horses are national treasure number one number two chase the odds number three mage there's the your kentucky derby winner Coffee with Chris is four. Red Route One, number five. That's my pick. Perform six and Blazing Sevens is seventh. First mission scratched. Only seven horses in the race. Mage, the Kentucky Derby winner, is there. And I got I'm not gonna pick Mage here. I just know what toll the Kentucky Derby can take on a horse. That's why there's so few triple crown winners. And uh, if you're gonna place a bet. My recommendation is one, four, five, and now it's a toss-up between the six and seven horse. Coming to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline, I always remember the Cantina, is former Major League Baseball player and your certified hitting guru, Jeff 
Frito Fry. Welcome back from the Baseball Hall of Fame. Well, thank you very much, Carl. I, uh, it was uh, an incredible trip and uh, man, just some lasting memories. And uh, I'm on cloud nine still today. When you look at – tell us what you learned. Tell Jamie and I and, and Ty what you learned while you were there. You picked up on some things behind-the-scenes tour that n- some of us will never get to see. Yeah, the, uh, first off, the tour guide was incredible. Uh, he uh, did a lot of research on me and knew more about my career than I did, and that was kind of cool. And I got to bring uh, Dan Morrill, a fellow who found me on Facebook and liked what I was doing and – organized this whole trip for his company, uh, Wolf and Company PC out of Boston. And so we go downstairs for the private tour. And the first thing the guy tells us is that there's over 40,000 different pieces at the Hall of Fame, and they only have enough room to put 80 to 85% of the stuff on display. So the rest of it's down there in the basement, and we were wandering down there, and they have all these boxes with the the greatest players who'd ever played the game and their jerseys and bats. And it was, man, it was incredible. Ty, you got any questions for uh, one of the guys you watched playing for the Rangers growing up? I'm just excited that, that we're, you know, we're, we're doing well this year. I mean, was it 10 games above 500? Um, even with some injuries with Corey Seager coming back, do you, do you expect do you expect this to carry on throughout the year? Or do you think there'll be buyers at the deadline? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I mean, they've got off to a great start, and, and that's you know, in spite of the fact that Degrom's only thrown thirty innings. I think we kind of knew that going in that that was a possibility. But uh, I mean, so many guys have stepped up. Adolis Garcia is having a monster year. Jonah Himes tearing it up, and to get Corey Seager back, and Simeon's leading the league in runs scored. And, just a, a good group and you know, be a pretty fun change if we were, were buyers at the deadline and the Rangers were actually uh, in the hunt late in September. When you look at uh, Himes, for example, I didn't realize he, I mean, he is a, an elite athlete, a switch hitter, just phenomenal. And you know, Himes really well. I mean, his upside is still, he's probably hadn't played his best baseball yet. No, I don't think he has either. And it's funny because when uh, when I was working with Jonah and I was talking to John Daniels, the GM at the time, and he was unsure of what Jonah would be because he kind of struggled in the minor leagues a little bit. And I told him, I said, I think Jonah can hit between 250 to 275, 15 to 20 homers and, and be a, a gold glove caliber catcher. And lo and behold, that's kind of what he's doing right now. He's actually hitting better than that and, and catching really well. He's, you know, framing metrics, which I'm not a big fan on, but he's one of the best in the game. And uh, I mean, I think they have a good one on their hands. And He's only 27 years old, so the future is bright for Jonah Heim. Jeff Fry is with us, former Major League Baseball player, Texas Ranger, and you're certified hitting guru. Jeff, when you um, got to the Hall of Fame, and you you learned that they have a file on every player that played in the ma- in the majors. Yeah, and that was the thing when they first started doing that stuff. They did it uh, just the Hall of Famers, and they realized, well, well, there's only I think around 270 
actual players who are in the Hall of Fame. The rest are umpires and uh, managers and coaches. And so they figured the files, they didn't have enough files. And so they decided to try and find some information on every single player there. And they found my file and brought back a lot of memories. Some of them good, some of them bad, like when I tore my knee up in Boston. But uh, the cool thing was they said, if you have any articles of yourself at home that you'd like to send in to add to your file, um, go ahead and send them in and we'll just put it in there. So I have so many articles that I've collected over the years that my mom has collected. And so I'm going to put them all together and send them in so I can add it to the file in case one of my buddies shows up at the Hall of Fame one day and wants to check it out. Amazing. Uh, Jeff Fry is with us. Jeff, you hit for the cycle when you played with the Toronto Blue Jays, one of now I think only three Blue Jays to fit for the cycle. You were the second at the time behind Kelly Gruber. But that bat was uh, taken after the game, and, and you were told that the, the bat that you hit the cycle with was in the Hall of Fame. And so that's one of your first questions when you get there. And what happened? Yeah, they never found it. And, <laughs> uh, you know, we we went there at 1 o'clock and uh, started our tour. And about 3 o'clock, um, the fellas that were looking for it had a meeting. And we had somewhere to be. And I had to get back to the hotel and prepare for my speech that night. And so we never actually got to see the bat. And uh, I probably should have thought a little bit ahead and emailed him so they would have already looked for it. But uh, I was just so excited for probably a week or two knowing that I was going to get to go to you know, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame for the first time at 56 years old as a kid who grew up loving baseball. So it was an incredible experience. Jamie, your thoughts? Oh, I'm just glad they didn't bring out a pink bat, you know, said Jeff, this, this is your pink bat. <laughs> Here it is. You know, Here. Jamie, I, n- I never used the pink bat, man. And, and some guys did, and I was like, man, I'm not swinging a pink bat. I mean, just not I no. pleats and all that stuff. Like, I'm, I'm not a pink guy. This is the one we have saved for you. This is You hit the cycle with this one. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's not the one. That's, that's not the one. Take that one back. Yeah. <laughs> Did oh, they, my chair squeaking again. Sorry, Todd. <laughs> Go I, ahead, Jay. No, did they? They actually took the bat away, way right after the game when you hit the cycle. And yeah, I don't know if it was uh, that night or maybe the next day that somebody came in and and I guess when they have moments in, in throughout Major League Baseball that they uh, you know are rare moments that they go in and players don't always give them stuff. They you know sometimes they <laughs> want to keep it themselves and. And uh, but I have found out that a lot of the stuff inside the Hall of Fame is on loan, so they'll do a display for future future Hall of Famers like Fred McGriff and guys like that that are just getting in, and they'll ask huh. him for some of his stuff, and some of it he'll loan to them while they have the display up, and when the you know a year later they'll give it back to those guys. I think what you need to send them is that uh, wiffle ball bat and those uh, rolled up pieces of paper that you learned how to kick your leg up and make and, and hit. That's what you got to send in. Yeah, I know. I don't know where those are, Jamie. I think we left them in the hotel. <laughs> you should just send them up a, wiff, a signed wiffle ball back and just go put this in the storage. That's right. Yeah. yeah the the, sh- the short good story good of that is Jeff, Jeff Fry uh, hit uh, much of his career with a high leg kick, but the leg kick 
didn't occur uh, by on purpose on purpose it was that he discovered he could hit with a leg kick in the lobby of a hotel is that right jeff playing tape ball with a broomstick yeah yeah it was me and rick rona we we're actually in the the atrium area it's kind of the pool area of this hotel and in, in this little game room area, it's not very big, and we're just sitting rockets off these <laughs> video games and stuff. And, uh, wiffle ball bat. I, I think it was a broom and like a wrapped up piece of paper with some tape and just, uh, yeah, Ricky Rowe goes, why don't you freaking hit like that in the game? And I said, all right, what do I have to lose? And the next day I started hitting that way. <laughs> uh, that's a great. The first, the first time you hit a baseball in a live game with a leg kick, I think you you jacked it foul, didn't you? Like uh, down the line. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, what's this? I haven't even been getting close to it in any homers. And I was like, went one for four with a home run foul, and felt really good and felt comfortable. And I mean, it's just kind of a fluke that I went right from the next day to hitting with a completely different <laughs> stance with a huge leg kick. And next thing you know, I've you know, a year later, I'm in the big leagues with a leg kick. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, gentlemen, we're going to take a break. Uh, Frito, please stay on the line if you can. Uh, I've got to go do some wedding stuff, so I'm going to throw it over to T.Y. and uh, Jamie Frazier. We'll be back from the banks of 360. T.Y. Again, welcome back to the high ground without the colonel. Apparently, I just got a text message, and he got hauled away for wedding stuff, and I didn't know that at all. Jeff, are you are you heading up there? Um, unfortunately, he didn't invite me, Jamie. That's perfect. I'm so disappointed. Um, yeah, I just love going to weddings, and I can't. You know, every time I get invited to a wedding, I'm like, yeah. As long as I'm not wedding, in it, I ain't showing I up. Have to go to. Where I know three people, it's going to be the best. <laughs> oh, who's the guy in the corner? That's Jeff. Just leave him alone. So, are you? Have you made it out to any of the ball games today? Or out at out uh, Texas, up in uh, the Rangerville? No, I have not yet. What? And, uh, yeah, I uh, I went to one game last year, I believe. And uh, <laughs> you fit it in your I schedule? Know, I just. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like sitting at home watching it, even though now I can barely watch it at home because I don't subscribe to Bally's. <laughs> I think they create a huge mess for baseball fans that you know, that want to stay home and watch the ball game. You can't do it unless you have DirecTV and Bally's app. And Are you serious? That's going on all over Major League Baseball. Oh, that's going on. Man, I used to hate that in the Bay Area when they wouldn't sell out like a uh... – football game and and the, when you're a kid and you want to watch the Niners or Oakland and they'd like black it out like nope can't go once you drive in yeah and I, Jamie I can't watch the 49ers here um, unless I go out to a bar that has multiple games <laughs> on because here you know they're always playing the Cowboys game for sure and so I have to go in and find a place that's actually showing the 49ers game and They've obviously been a lot more fun to watch than the Cowboys lately. Who is a, who is your favorite Niner in all time? Joe Montana. Oh, really? Joe Montana, yeah. And then uh, probably a close, probably second is a tie between uh, Jerry Rice and three-way tie. Jerry Rice, Ronnie Lott, and Dwight Clark. You named him Ronnie Lott is my favorite. 
just, I mean, he, oh, he's oh, incredible. He's awesome. Yeah, it was funny. This today, I was taking my dog for a walk, and you, you would have loved to have been there. Uh, I come up on the uh, near the train track that crosses the street, and there's this dude, this this dude sitting, and the train's coming, and he, of course, uh, has. He sits there until the thing almost comes down on top of him. So what he, What does he do? He could have gone forward and made it across. He backs up right into the guy behind him. <laughs> just, <laughs> it was awesome. Just walking there with the dog, and I'm like, I can see it happen. You know how you can see something happen? You're like, oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Since COVID, I think, that, I think uh, we've really started paying attention to how ignorant a lot of people are. <laughs> And you just see stuff every day, and I'm like, "What is this?" I mean, you can't just stop because you're you realize you have to make a left here when you're in the right lane. You you need to go up and turn around. But now people think it's okay to just stop in the middle of the road and then go over three lanes in front of everybody, like, you know, irregardless of what what they're doing, and they don't care. It's like, well, I have to get over there, so I'm going to do it. It's crazy. Thank you. Yeah, people don't understand that uh, you and I both grew up uh, in uh, Northern California, and uh, we're both 49er fans. And uh, you grew, did you grow up as a uh, Oakland A's fan or a, a Giants fan? A Giants. I a was Giants. brainwashed by my uncle, Peter, <laughs> uh, and I didn't really have a choice. It was like, you like the 49ers, it, you like fine. the Giants, and, you know, and we like the Warriors because that was our only yeah. basketball team. And you, you hate the Raiders and you hate the A's. Yeah, well, no, you hate the Dodgers. <laughs> That's a, I and, do hate the Dodgers. Yeah, Probably you more than the than. But I always hated the Raiders because they were the kind of the bad boys and the, you know. Oh yeah. Even though I did like Joe Joe Madden and and Kenny Stabler, and Dave Casper, and those boys, Jack Tatum, but Man. yeah, I was never a Raider fan. I liked uh, I, Cliff Branch was uh, when I was a little kid. He was he was okay. We could watch Cliff Branch, but uh, yeah, him and Fred Bolitnikoff. Yeah, Bolitnikoff had. And, all, and then who was it? Lester Hayes. Lester than Lester Hayes. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Stickum all over his body. Yep. I was like, yep. he, he said whenever he touched the ball, they had to go get a new ball. It was just done. Yeah. He didn't even have to close his hand. He no. could just stick it up there. And if he hit, it would stick to it. <laughs> no, but it was, no, it's funny. It's because uh, Dusty Baker um, grew up in Sacramento area where we're from, played for the Dodgers, but then he came back to the Giants and you're like, what is Dusty Baker going to be a skipper of the Giants? What what the you know? But uh, did you have you ever met Dusty that was, Baker? That was weird. Yes, I have met Dusty. He's a great guy. Good guy. And, you know, it's funny. So growing up in California, my cousin Jack was four years younger than me, and he was a Dodgers fan, and I was a Giants fan. And <laughs> his favorite player was Dusty Baker. He's, he loved Dusty Baker, and I like Jack Clark and how, Willie Mays, and, and so it was a big rivalry. Was he? Man, but, was he from L.A. or was he, he was up in the Bay Area and he was a Dodger fan? Yeah, he was from uh, the same area as me, uh, <laughs> Hayward area. And How does that my happen? My grandmother, my grandma, I don't know. My grandmother, um, who immigrated from Latvia to the United States and lived in California, at one point she lived in New York, so she was a Dodgers fan <sighs> uh, because of Brooklyn Dodgers. And so I would sit there whenever the Giants were playing the Dodgers and – We'd sit there and I'd eat an entire bag of jumbo, California jumbo sunflower seeds, drink about four Cokes, and watch the Dodgers usually beat the Giants. You know, they had, I mean, they were incredible teams. I could almost name the entire lineup and the pitching staff. And 
Man, I hated the Dodgers. <laughs> Who was uh, Clark, first baseman, um, uh, for the for yeah. the? What's it? Will Clark. Will Clark. Will Clark. Oh, he was one of my favorites. He was. Like, I played with him. I played with him in Texas. Did you really? He was. He was. Uh, he was just. I don't know. Business. He was business out there. He was. Uh, but yeah, the the people won't will never understand if you've never been there, especially growing up as a kid what candlestick was like because uh we would go to people would always think we're crazy but we're going down to watch a baseball game at candlestick 100 degrees up in sacramento and we're bringing coats and jackets to go down to watch candlestick in the baseball season just like yeah and you had to leave after the seventh because you were too cold yeah because you're too cold (laughs) and the wind was blowing i mean it was it was horrible i just watched a documentary on willie mays and they talked about the wind in Candlestick Park oh. and, and and how cold it was. I mean, I still can remember to this day going to games and you know as you're walking in, you, you know it's 70 degrees. You're like, oh, it's nice, and then about an hour and a half later, <laughs> that breeze starts coming in off the bay. Oh. You got blankets on and everything. It's like I don't think I can stay here any longer. No, I have to leave. I'm freezing. <laughs> we used to have uh, we had friends visit us from uh, the from the east coast and they would come up to sacramento it'd be 100 degrees and they're like hey uh and you know they'd take a trip from the, our house they'd go on down to go to alcatraz island and you know pier 39 and they're like no it's 100 degrees they'd head down there they'd all come back with alcatraz uh sweatshirts and stuff that they had to buy <laughs> you're like yeah it's a little I mean, bit we different actually got to, when i was when i was in school we actually went on field trips to pier 39 yeah. alcatraz and angel island but but you guys knew how to dress because you were down there. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as cold in Hayward, but it was, uh, you know, I'll never forget Candlestick, Jamie. I got to go to Candlestick when I was 11 years old Ugh. and, and com- compete in a pitch hit and run competition when they were playing the Cincinnati Reds, the big red machine. I got to go on the field and Candlestick was turf <laughs> and do my competition and got to meet Willie McCovey and oh. and Pete Rose and George Foster and Sparky Anderson as an eleven year old. That just, I mean, I was, I was like, now, felt my love of the game. That's for sure. Didn't you get told that you're too small to play either football or uh, or uh, basketball? And then basketball, did, basketball, ninth grade. Ninth grade. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, my coach told me uh, to come back when I grew up. I got cut for the first time, and. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what year that was, about 81 or 82, and I came back in 92 playing for the Rangers and got a game-winning hit off Dennis Eckersley and found a reporter and said, hey, will you tell my high school basketball coach, Mike Phelps, that Jeff Fry is back and he's grown up now and is in the Oakland Chronicle the next day. (laughs) Did you ever hear from him? Did you ever talk to him? No. No? No, No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, that's awesome. So are you uh, deep? Why haven't you gone to a ball game? I mean, go. I mean, you've got the you've got the uh, the secret um, the secret card that you throw up and they'll let you in, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I get uh, the lifetime pass, and so I can get into any game. They're supposed to give me two tickets, but I don't know, man. I'm kind of sour on the game right now with all the new rule changes and the pitch clock and stuff like that. And Maybe I'll have. I guess I just have to make an adjustment at some point. But the traditionalist in me is just having a hard time with this, you know, record-setting stolen base totals because the pitchers 
can't throw to first and the bases are bigger. I just don't think it really makes sense. They just left the Hall of Fame and saw all these great players, um, you know, on display that put up these incredible numbers, and now we're changing the rules. And how are the numbers? How can we compare those numbers now? I, I don't know how to do it. I mean, uh, it, everything's changing in sports. This, uh, this NIL deal for college kids, it's just, I mean, it changes by the week, and nobody is a traditionalist anymore. And then now we have live golf. It's running right for the PGA. We're getting we're we're the guys right now yelling at the young kids to get off our lawn. That's what we are. It's, it's, yeah, we're screaming at the clouds. That's what they say. But we, but we uh, grew up watching loving sports, and so it just doesn't seem right that they could just change the rules and make the game easier. And we just have to accept it. Hey, we get two hundred bucks pass and go on Monopoly. Okay, that's law. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Don't change that rule. Don't change it. It's a <laughs> hey, Jeff. Thanks for being with us. We're gonna come to a break. I can't wait to see you. I'm gonna maybe I'll head up and we'll go to a game this year. Oh, if you come up here, I will go to a baseball game. Done. Deal. All right. No we'll pressure. be right. No pressure. <laughs> All we'll, right, buddy. Thanks we'll, for having me. See you, brother. Be right back. Welcome back to the high ground right here in Austin, Texas. A rainy, dreary day. Not draining. It's, it's not cold. It's just uh, it's rainy out there. We do, uh, Ty, we got a couple of big baseball games coming up today with um, uh, Westlake and the Round Rock Dragons at Concordia. What time is that? 2 p.m. 2 p.m. And then we have a kickoff over at uh, Dish Falk at uh, 2.30. That's going to. You win and you're a Big 12 champs. You win and you're in? That's it. Well, we're in. Well, we're. We're, we're, we win, and we're the Big 12 champions. We're the Big 12 champions. Regular season. Big Regular seasons. Coming in hot going into the, off, or the postseason. Are you – I mean, they're they're peaking at the right time, I guess. I mean, no one had – this this year, no one had West Virginia in any place. No. I mean, the Big 12, it's been kind of a down year. Um, I, there was not very high expectations going into the year for this Texas team. They're pretty young. They had to grow during the season, which is a lot different than the past few years, especially last year when you came in the – number one preseason ranked team. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, if they can win today and secure a Big 12 championship, I think that would be – we should be very happy with that. And I think at that point, you should, if you make it into a few rounds of the Big 12 tournament, you should be hosting a regional, especially with the way some of the uh, top-ranked teams have been playing as of late. I actually saw an interesting tweet from Occupy Left Field last night. Let's see if I can get it pulled up here. Have you, have you ever hung out with them? No, I've been, I got out to right field out there. You're a right and, field guy. Yeah, I'm a right field guy. Uh, I go up on top of the buses, and uh, that's fun with uh, Fast Eddie and uh, Trey Stone out there. But did you? Uh, is CDC? Everybody will be out there today. It'll be crazy. And you're you're gonna? Are you going to the Ramrock game, or are you going to the? Uh, are you, or do you want to go to the? Well, it depends on if it's raining. Um, I can watch the Texas game on TV in my house and be dry. Be dry. It's only supposed to be like a twenty thirty percent chance of rain. Really? Yeah. It's okay. supposed to go I, down. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I might make it out to one of the, one of those two. I'd probably more likely to go to the Texas game. Yeah. Um, 
You're not going to face paint and go up to the Westlake game? No, but no. I did find the tweet I was talking about. All Vanderbilt, right. who is currently the number eight national seed, is six and nine in their last 15 games. Six so, and nine. South Carolina is three and nine in their last 12 games, and they're the 11 seed. Wow. So, I mean, I, college baseball rankings are weird because you have so many different sites and polls that usually I look at D1 baseball, um, but it's not like college football or basketball where there's. What what pieces were we missing to this year? Was it the the pitching relief or, pitching? Yeah, we, and do we even? I mean, but the the Hispanic Titanic was gone, and do we really have that kind of power? That, yeah, I mean, you Porter Brown hit three yeah. home runs on Thursday night. That's yeah. that. I mean, that happened last year. I think um, Staley last year had a game where he hit three home runs as well. But that's that's not something you see a lot, and. He's definitely one of the more the older guys on the team that I think has set the set the ship straight after a rough start. Um, that that like fifteen game homestand they had where they won all those games. I know they were against cupcake teams, but I think that was huge just to get some of the younger younger guys going, gets their confidence going. You know, haven't ever played college baseball before for a well, lot of those guys. Has uh, Texas State had a good team this year? They always have a good squad. But yeah. last year, I mean, they were one inning away, one out away. Yeah. Or maybe, but it was definitely. And then Stanford hit two home runs in the ninth inning to beat them, and they were they were going to host a super regional if they won that game. Yeah. Uh, switch gears and let's talk about your favorite team, not my favorite team, Dallas Cowboys. Is Zeke coming back? That's what I think. No, you don't. It's uh, I mean they have. There's a lot of teams that he's also gotten talked you know talked with, but Cincinnati or Dallas. Cincinnati or Dallas. Jerry, Jerry, I don't know if I necessarily want him back, but Jerry, I know how much Jerry loves that guy. Well, he it's loves him, guys. but what's going to use him more like a uh, a fullback, uh, a center? Like yeah. We saw him in, a, in the last play. Yeah, was, that was the worst yeah, play in the world. Oh my gosh, your last play with the uh, with the Cowboys, and here you go. And here you get blown up. No, I just think he's asking for. I mean, I don't think he's got the the length to stay in too much longer. But I mean, you definitely he's got the 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 talent to be fourth down running back, a goal line running back in the red zone. In pass blocking, he's still he's still he's, he's still good enough to be on an NFL roster. The people that say are saying that he shouldn't have a job at all, I disagree with that. I mean Pollard. I mean snap count. Pollard was all over the place last year, and he uh, definitely took the took the job. He did at like the half point of the year. Was, it, it didn't matter if Zeke was starting the game. Tony was getting more carries. Did Tony was Tony picked up in the second round when he was? He was. Uh, Third, third, right? third or fourth. I mean, it wasn't. He wasn't a premium pick, right? Um, but out of Memphis, he played more receiver at Memphis than he did. No, oh, he's got some great back. hands, right? And I, but you're you're stuck on Dak. You like Dak? You don't think? No, I don't of, like Dak. Yeah, at all. No, at all. Who would you rather be slinging the ball back there for the Cowboys? I'd rather be terrible. Tony Romo. For you one want Tony year. Tony to come back? I love Tony Romo, but he's too <laughs> old. No, I mean that. Dak Dak needs a running a good running game and a good offensive line to be successful. I don't know if he can get to a Super Bowl level because um, you need you don't need Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl, but you need a guy that can make plays in the final two minutes of games. And Dak has proven several times in the playoffs that he cannot do that. I was I was looking at the you know the pre draft you know two or three months prior to uh, this year's draft, and they're looking like oh Bijan might fall to. Where they could have picked him up, which no we, way. and there's no way. I'm happy the Eagles took him at eight, though, because or I mean the Falcons took him at eight because the Eagles, I think, were definitely going to take him 
at 10, I think I actually just hit the dump, dump button. On yourself? Yeah. That's great. I need so, to do that more often, probably. That's perfect. But hey, how about how about you shout out your podcast I just dropped yesterday? Oh, yeah. We have uh, Morty Unleashed is a new podcast. It's a... a you know, it's not just generally focused on Austin. It's focused on a lot of different things. We have, uh, I, I do it with Joe Myring, who is a PhD in astrophysics. And he talks way over my head because I'm about a third grader. But if you want to talk about anything in outer space, he knows it. Uh, we get a lot of interesting guests guests here from the local area. And uh, we had uh, Tom Brown, who was a entrepreneur that was with three startups. And uh, they all got bought out. And I never got bought out, but uh, a lot of smart yeah, guys. Three episodes out. Three episodes out. You right have now. some. You have some interesting stories yourself. No, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> I don't. Sure. You do. You got a great gang. Who's your? What's your podcast name? I well, I've been doing two shows at the Clifford Studio. The Clifford Studio. Um, the Lone Star Lowdown, which I've been doing for about a year with Shea Holt and Corey Gidgery, uh, Brock Bollinger, also coming into the fold of that project, um, and that's out every Friday usually about the same time as Morty Unleashed will be released. And then start up a new project with Jacob Standard, who works here at the Horn, does yeah. a lot of the video stuff. It's called Abnormally Average. Have you guys got that up on YouTube at all? Yeah, so yeah. We, we got video up on YouTube, a lot of short clips on Instagram. He actually makes you look good. Yeah. He's, yeah, got, he's got the camera. I, I say a lot of stupid stuff, so you can you can come after me on that. Yeah, if you listen to me during the week, you know I, <laughs> I'm passionate about some of my... Hate, directed hate towards the Lakers and LeBron James and other and other teams. You're like, do you have hate against any NFL football team? I hate the Eagles. That's the you just hate, hate the Eagles. I yeah, pretty you know, much. We just the had giant. A, the Giants have kind of simmered down. I was I found myself rooting for them in the playoffs last year. I did a uh, I just did a podcast with uh, two millennials and uh, Darren was a kid that uh, grew up in Philadelphia and then he went to Temple. And he is an Eagles fan, and for no reason, he hates the Dallas Cowboys. So he isn't an Eagles fan? He is. Oh, that's hates, a, that's reason I hate just, Cowboys. Yeah, just hate each we other. hate each other. I don't understand that. I feel hate. like if I went to a game in Philly, a Cowboys, a Cowboys Eagles get game, killed. I would get killed in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, thanks for uh, hanging with us. Colonel is not going to be back next weekend. I don't know if we are because it's uh, Memorial Day weekend. But uh, Looking like we'll be off. We'll be off, and the Colonel's uh, up there getting a wedding together so hey thanks for joining us we'll talk to you on the high ground